Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves of 3CR Radio. Today, we're going to get straight into the show because we've got a very exciting um, topic and something that we've been planning for quite a while, actually. It's a... um, So, we've got uh, Rochelle and Maria from Animal Activists Australia... Uh, who are going to be discussing their work that they're trying to um, get animal animal agriculture talked about and made more of an issue within the climate emergency um, advocacy space. Because as I imagine, I mean, people who are regular listeners of, listeners of the show know that this is an underrepresented um, contribution to climate emergency. And both Maria and Rochelle have been doing some fantastic work, um, working as allies and um, trying to trying to really progress the space for um, climate emergency and make sure that we are addressing our our emissions from animal agriculture and um, all of that sort of jazz and we've also got Christian um, Christian who's a co-host of the show on today with us and so first I just thanks for coming in both of you. It's really fantastic to have you here. Um, I just wanted to, to ask, why is it important that animal agriculture is considered in the climate emergency response? Thanks for having us, Adam and Christian. I really appreciate the opportunity um, to talk about this very important topic. I mean, uh, the main reasons you really we think it's important to address um, animal agriculture in this space is, you know, uh, for obvious reasons that it is a, a leading cause um, of climate change and it is the leading cause of the destruction of the environment. So um, obviously some of the, the facts that we do have here that we could share is that more than 50% of the land that we use in, in Australia goes to animal agriculture and that doesn't even include two-thirds of the crops that go to feeding those animals. Um, that's a, a, a lot of deforestation, a lot of water pollution, you know, water wastage and and all the other things that come with it. You know, we don't even need to be talking about the emissions when it comes to that. Um, And, you know, we're talking about, you know, the effects of it on the oceans, you know, where, you know, the ocean is responsible for 70% of our oxygen and the pollution that um, animal agriculture causes and all the ocean dead zones as well. So it's it's a very important topic. I mean, we can be waiting for 100% renewable energy. And by the time we get that, it's too late because animal agriculture has destroyed everything. Mm, already yep. so um it is a very very important part of the puzzle that should be addressed yeah and that's a really good point that you make because so i you know i, I work in environmental science and i work with environmental scientists conservationists um and environmentalists and one of the points that um conservationists often are making at the moment is that climate emergency is something we absolutely have to address and it's it's only becoming a bigger issue but right now, we already face a um, biodiversity emergency and a mm. biodiversity crisis, and that mm. is being driven by agriculture, mm. land use change, deforestation. So right now, the world is suffering. Ecosystems, habitats are destroyed, mm. and that's happening. You know, we're seeing that right now. It's, it's yeah. I mean, mm. climate, climate emergency we're seeing right now as well, but they're both things that, are, that need to be addressed. 
yeah and and what and so i suppose how can we do that like what does um what does it mean to address animal agriculture in this space what does yeah what do we need to do within the climate space specifically um the way they they tend to operate um which is a big learning curve for us as well because as as i suppose animal rights activists and vegans we tend to focus a lot on on individual changes um but in the climate space it seems to be more about you know government action and and um you know uh, holding corporations accountable and i think there's definitely room for that in our movement too and that's that's the angle we can take in that space is to look at the governments and what they can do to change, um, you know, things for farmers who, you know, giving them opportunities and leeway to transition to more sustainable practices um, rather than just sort of, um, you know, feeding into the issue by, you know, the subsidies and levies that, you know, go to farmers um, and that just worsens the situation rather than giving the, the opportunity to transition. Mm. So it's more, uh, Maria, it's more uh, systematic change rather than just always going for this individual change model that we often fall into as animal advocates. Absolutely. So I think um, we need to really think about diversified tactics and strategies around um, not only individual change, but change at a systemic level. Um, And that's where I think a lot of resistance um, does appear in the environmental space. So what what are those systematic um, sort of tactics that you're talking about? Um, So even as Rochelle suggested, assisting farmers to transition out Mm. of these industries, um, you know, that needs to be framed in the context of a climate change Australia and that does require logistical and and you know all sorts of different support networks for that to actually happen there are programs overseas that have actually i think mercy for animals and a couple of other groups have have worked towards trying to promote that type of work so Mm. i think that's definitely um potentially a focal point going forward yeah yeah Mm. and i've seen i've seen i have started to see these calls for a systemic change rather than individual change um and it's sort of like someone someone i think nick actually a co-host of the show he's he's um recently he's been saying like um the uh, extinction rebellion have been asking for no new no new fossil fuels why can't we also as animal advocates say no new animal agriculture Mm. you know have these larger systemic points um that are addressing la- the larger issue rather than mm. relying on individual change which is which is really difficult and do you, do you get a sense that the systemic um, points that you're putting across is there a lot of pushback on that the pushback tends to be in some some ways I suppose a little bit misleading in terms of um, the focus on being a lot on veganism even though we're we're constantly pointing out we're not here to talk about veganism, we're not taking an animal rights stance, we're here to talk about climate, we're here as climate activists. Mm. Not once will we mention the word vegan, not once will we tell people they should go vegan or be on a plant-based diet, but rather that we should be addressing this on a systemic um, basis as well. Um, And uh, the pushback has been heavy in regards to that because it seems to be coming back to that topic of you can't, you know, you can't expect everyone to be vegan when that's not even what we're saying. Mm. Um, so I guess for us is is to try and work out what those um, those those issues are behind 
behind that um, a sort of attitude of oh, we're just coming here for for a vegan agenda um, to just come yeah go behind those reasons and try and work out what's driving that attitude mm-hmm. and how we can break it down and understand it um, because a lot of it would come from uh, you know you know sort of being miseducated in, in, in some areas and um, not com- com- completely understanding where we're coming from and um, sort of, yeah, political agendas. Um, there's all kinds of reasons behind that that we are, you know, trying to work out what those barriers are for us to be able to communicate effectively with, with um, the, the alliance and the, and the climate space. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, and I, I'd like to tease apart that um, not using vegan and, and going and why you've chosen that but let's do it in the context of a of a recent um sort of campaign i suppose or or advocacy that you've really been working on um recently we've um you know there's been lots of lots of uh rallies and and pick up on the climate emergency and climate crisis and how we should be addressing this and you've been working in that space can you tell us about like what you've been doing um and and what it means to work in that space Absolutely. So um, a couple of members of Animal Activists Australia have been quite active um, in the environmental space with various groups. Um, And uh, obviously we've been in those spaces for legitimate reasons. It's not because there's any co-optation happening. It's it's, we care about these issues. We've been um, in these spaces for many years, but I guess more active in more recent years. Um, And... And when you mean really, in these spaces, what do you what do you mean? So, so with various groups, be it frontline action on coal yep. or you know, various other groups. So, um, so, as, so you you are um, going into like climate. You're you're part of the climate movement. You absolutely. are climate activists working with climate activists. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, obviously, out of that type of work we've formed relationships and 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 worked with these individuals and groups um so you know going back to last year we had imark um there was a lot of work in that space as well a lot of us were heavily invested in the organization of that particular Mm. event um and that's really led us to this particular climate rally some of the relationships that were formed out of that event Mm. um have um eventuated in in where we sort of got introduced into this particular climate rally that occurred over the weekend so when you when you say that you're um involved in these events are you taking on um roles within them like what what's the involvement actually mean yes um look you know not even just in the climate space but human rights you know we we believe in total liberation so um you know we believe that um it's you know all oppression is interconnected and you know none, none are free till all are free so for us it's um, earth human and animal liberation and um, so when we are in these spaces we are very much dedicated and, and we, we take on proper roles and um, you know for example you know might be with within the the media and marketing team or logistics team um, you know where we we're actively involved so obviously with logistics there's not always a lot of discussion around animals but in, in messaging um, there will be a lot of a discussion to get to get the word animal into the message or to get animal agriculture into the message mm. um, so there's a lot of active participation there and we're talking about you know one or two meetings a week that we're dedicating and these meetings are you know 
a few hours <laughs> long each. Uh, they're open group meetings. They take a long time. Everyone has an opinion. We want to hear it all. But it takes a while to get through all those opinions. And, um, yeah, so we're, we're very active and we're, we're there as climate activists or when we're in the human rights space, we're there as human rights activists. Yep. Um, you know, but we do have that background in animal rights as well. And, and um, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, every issue is addressed and that mm. there is in terms of the climate, a climate emergency. And if there really is a climate emergency, we will address the issues properly. Yep. Yeah. So, it sounds, so to me, it sounds like you're total liberationists. And mm-hmm. in spaces where maybe animals are ignored yes. or forgotten, you're just representing that that aspect of oppression, and yeah. you're you're trying to make that clear. Mm-hmm. When what sort of um, feedback or experience do you get from that? So how, how what's the response that you've been getting? Say from when you started, what three years? How long ago did you start with this? What was the sort of responses you'd get? Um, by trying to introduce the idea that animals are also oppressed into these into these places, I guess the, probably the first time we've we've done that was with IMARC, mm-hmm. um, and to be completely frank, it was even hard to get the word "animal" on a poster, which I think really speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some difficult conversations that were had, um, but it was literally one word, and there was a lot of resistance around. Well you know, we don't have much room on the poster and let's talk about species and, you know, really just trying to avoid thinking about the individuals mm. that we're talking about here that are being impressed. Um, and so that for me was a really monumental moment when we actually agreed that we could put the word animal on a poster. And so, yeah, I think that was... And good work. A, good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that was kind of the start of um, IMARC for us. Um, and, you know, it, you know, later down, obviously, towards the, um, the event itself, we were able to get media um, presentations incorporating two or three slides about animal agriculture. Yep. Um, and there was always debate around these issues, but it was, I think, constructive and healthy debate. Mm, yeah. Um, and we understand there's going to be obstacles and ways to say things and ways to present the same information. So, um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was it was yeah quite a sort of overall a positive mm-hmm. um, interaction. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, sorry. Oh, sure. that's yeah. right. Um, yeah, and you know, previous before I mark, you know, so, so, so Maria and Gia with, from Animal Activists Australia have done a lot of uh, organising work with within some of the groups too, um, within the climate space. And and um, at that time was just a matter of you know sort of sussing out how things work and you know building those relationships and you know obviously having that genuine interest in the topic. Mm. Um, but as far as you know, actually really actively addressing animals and animal agriculture sort of only started last year, mm. and um, and now sort of moved on to this climate uh, rally, crisis rally that we we had in Melbourne and Geelong and also, you know, in New South Wales um, too. And, um, yeah, uh, that, that, that response was was uh yeah a lot more resistance um mm. than than last year it, it was quite frank um very bad mm. uh, <laughs> very I'm, tr- I'm trying i'm trying to use the the the, the best and most appropriate words here mm. but it was absolutely chaos mm. um we ended up with 80 people in the room standing up screaming at each other and um, some people even almost getting physical and we're not even talking about animal rights people versus climate activists but 
even those groups mm. within themselves disagreeing with each other yeah. more so than even animal rights activists at the climate yeah. people. Mm. So I'd be interested in exploring that a little bit more mm. after um, after a song in a moment. But I, I also just mm. wanted to, to ask um, while you were speaking about uh, how things were received. So it sounds like it sounds like you've sort of come into your, your activists, your climate activists, your animal activists, your human rights activists. You've been working in these climate and environmental spaces for several years. You feel, you see, you, you're sort of getting a sense for how animals are represented within those spaces. And then you've taken that issue to, to these, um, these uh, events and to these groups. Um, and there, there are certainly, like I, I, I've had some experience in the environmental space and there's certainly plenty of animal-friendly people there. There's p- people who are advocates for animals but I often also hear that they they feel outnumbered or they they feel like they can't present that idea that animals actually matter in these conversations. Um, do you think by starting to present that, have you found allies with for animals within these these places? And have have you seen any shifts even in the short time that you've you've been doing it? Have you seen any shifts in? in people who might have previously been very um, against it to not anymore? Like, yeah. Um, absolutely. So in that particular meeting with the poster, the very first meeting, there was um, there were a couple of people in the room that were quite afraid to speak up about this very issue. And they are actually animal rights activists mm-hmm. that were just feeling like there's no platform, I can't talk to this, it's... Uh, we actually had one person in the meeting say to us, that's a side issue, it's unrelated to this, um, we need to stay focused on what we're here to discuss. And, of course, we said, no, it's actually very related to mm. this issue and we are going to create a platform for this. And so once we spoke up, um, we found other voices in the room, including non-animal rights activists that mm. were agreeing with that position that's happened a few times we've Mm. had um individuals from the environmental movement that i guess do work across other areas as well but you know perhaps their focus is in that space um publicly say that you know this is absolutely an issue that needs to be considered so there are alliances and there are very strong allies within these movements and Mm. it's really important to i guess understand that you know relationships are a big part of this Mm. um and building alliances comes from relationships and actual friendships so Mm. i think that's kind of yeah yeah okay that's uh, and and have you seen any changes in people from the conversations that you're bringing up Yes, there's less resistance with some people as a result of, for example, the Mm. IMARC experience. They may have been involved in this more recent climate rally. They expect it. They are not surprised to see us there. Mm. Um, And they know that, you know, we're there in solidarity. We're there in good faith. We understand all of the issues. Um, And we're there to add value. We're not there to detract from the messaging. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. there's definitely a shift in, in... in um, you know individuals' um, re- receptance of that yeah. actual recognition, yeah, recognition of the, recognition of the yeah. messaging. Yeah. 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 Oh, fantastic! Well, thank yeah. you for um, sharing a bit of background, and we'll get into a little bit more teasing apart some mm. of these issues that you've <laughs> faced um, after this song by Tones and I called "The Kids Are Coming." <laughs>
Hi everyone, my name's Robbie Thorpe. I'm with 3CR Community Radio. Every year we have a subscription drive. It's a way of supporting our organisation maintain itself through the year and we rely on the support of the, the community. One way to do that is to subscribe and become a member. Become part of this organisation itself. Get in contact with 3CR. You can go to the website 3cr.org.au or you can ring on Nine four one nine eight three double seven. Three CR ensures that our voices, Aboriginal voices, are heard on this radio station. So it's a good way of supporting Aboriginal people as well by becoming a subscriber for Three CR Community Radio. And thanks for tuning in to Freedom of Species. We are chatting with Rochelle and Maria from Animal Activists Australia, who have been discussing how they've been working as climate activists, but also bringing the animal perspective and um, animal issue to the environmental environmental movement. Um, and there was it was touched on a little bit that you've been working on a on a particular rally actually that happened yesterday. So um, yesterday Melbourne held a rally as as did a few other locations around Australia and and in New Zealand I believe as part of the Climate Crisis National Day of Action, um, which is being organised by this this alliance called Climate Justice Alliance. Uh, and I, I just wanted to ask, you, you were part of Climate Justice Alliance, I, I believe? 
or or I just wanted to know how did how did this alliance like what is it? How did it organise? And um, what were the rules around doing things in, in the alliance? How did they make decisions? So we got invited to the second meeting. So we're not really across the formation mm. of the... And, and I can say that it's an, a newly formed alliance. Um, mm. But, yeah, I probably would struggle to answer that particular question. So our involvement was really from the second organising meeting. We were invi- actually invited by one of the... Um, uh, organizers i guess mm-hmm. um and yeah that's where it sort of kicked off yeah, yeah um my understanding of what i've gathered is it sort of started in new south wales the alliance and um trying to bring it yeah throughout australia um and um essentially sort of any like-minded groups who want to jump on board on the alliance sort of have that discussion um where obviously haven't gotten to that stage um for obvious reasons um uh, but yeah, that that seems to sort of how it, it formated, um, uh, starting in, in New South Wales and sort of trying to get it throughout Australia. Yeah, but you, uh, during the um, the organisation of the rally, there mm-hmm. were you were part of some of the discussions mm-hmm. around yes. um, what happens at the rally, the the messaging at the rally. Do you want to discuss that and talk about um, what occurred? I, I'm I'm particularly mm-hmm. talking about a. Um, a media release that you just that you mm. that you put out um, talking about how animals may have been shut out of the conversation at, at a particularly important um, rally. Yeah. So what happened after we were invited? I believe um, Dear Maria, um, you know, went to that second meeting and um, had that try to have that discussion about animal agriculture not being added, especially after a fifth demand has been added to the national demands that were already existing. Um, Do you know those demands? Off- um, uh, not off the top of my head, um, but it will, yeah, it will be on, on the event for the Climate yep. Crisis National Day of Action. Yep. Um, so just to um, add to what Rochelle's saying, um, there was a fifth demand added at that particular mm-hmm. second meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a, a national set of demands that... Mm-hmm. That were created. I think there were four demands. A fifth one was added, um, something to the effect of um, make the climate criminals pay. Yeah, yeah. Words I to heard that, that effect. yesterday at the rally. Yep. Um, and it was very sort of um, there was a sort of I guess a message of we can actually alter these demands mm. at a state level, so we're not bound to these national demands. So yeah. that's where the precedent was set. Basically. Yeah, Absolutely, pretty much. Yeah. And that's when it was like, all right. Like, we've brought up animal agriculture. It's not going to be addressed. Let's go have a discussion about how we can get this message across to the writer group. Um, And, you know, considering there was an invitation and there was a a member of the alliance not from the animal rights space that said, how about you come and make a proposal next time? Bring bring your support, bring, you know, your community and and let's make a proposal. Mm. Um, And that's exactly what we did. We we brought forward um, uh, three motions that we wanted moved um, and uh, two of them included animals. Um, one was to add animals, um, you know, uh, in terms of uh, support and, and the fires because um, they were talking about support for the fireys and the community and everything, but no animals were, were mm. added to that, so we asked to add animals. Yeah. We also then asked to add um, addressing animal agriculture as a separate demand um, and uh, essentially, yeah, helping uh, farmers transition into more sustainable practices into plant-based farming and um, uh, the government uh, tr- through 
through that transition, um, you know, moving subsidies and stuff to that instead of to further farming. Um, and then also um, the government educating or, or taking a responsibility and educating um, the education and, and health sectors on, on, on a plant-based diet. So very systemic, um, mm. you know, kind of, uh, uh, yeah, um, in terms of being strategic. Yep. Um, and I must and- say on that first point, like um, talking about including animals in the redress of the fire, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the horrendous fires and a billion animals, yeah. at least a billion animals killed. And many are not, that number does not include all the farmed, farmed mm. animals that were killed that couldn't escape from fenced in areas. Mm. Um, and lots of speakers at this, rally yesterday mm. they were talking about the animals they were using the animals to sell their climate position mm. um so it's interesting yeah so how did you go when you when yeah. you presented these to the to the climate justice alliance yeah yeah we added a, a third and we asked for a third motion to be moved as well and um which came to the second or third meeting um or well sorry um third or fourth meeting um to have a speaker as well added to for, mm. for each demand. You know, you'd think by logic each demand will have a speaker addressing all the issues and no one, none of the speakers were going to address animal agriculture, so yeah. we we wanted one for that. Um, and, yeah, when we, we when we put those motions forward, um, uh, we asked for a, 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 there to be a vote. Uh, we voted and, um, yeah, we, get, we got the majority of the votes um, and, uh, you know, as a democracy would be, uh, you add the the sixth demand and edit the other demand, and then we had to move on to the speaker. They were delaying the speaker motion a lot. Every time mm. we wanted to try and bring it up, they were delaying it, delaying it, delaying it. So there wasn't really much success with that one. I'm not sure if Maria wants to add any more to what's happened. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, so we successfully passed... Um, two motions in Melbourne, um, one of which was pulled a week later around the transition um, away from animal agriculture. Um, so, what, was the, what, was the, what were the two motions? One was to um, get subsidies or whatever to animal agricultural transition. Um, and what was the second motion that you passed? Uh, so one motion was to add to an existing demand okay. um, to actually... I guess support animals ah, so um, an that demand. were yep. Yep. that were affected, and that particularly said support fireys and yep. communities. And we literally added the words and animals affected. Yep. So that was just editing that one, um, and then um, a new demand which got passed yep. um, by majority vote, and um, and that was around. The, the title yeah. of that demand was transition away from animal agriculture, which was systemic as well as promoting plant-based. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Out of curiosity, do they give a reason as to why the transition part was pulled? Um, or did they just there were ar- many, arbitrarily? Many, di- many different <laughs> yeah. reasons yeah. that were thrown at us, I suppose. Um, one of it would have been, again, with that sort of misleading idea that it, we're trying to push veganism. Um, this is not about veganism or individual choices. Um, I guess one of the things that might be driving that um, idea is um, a, a also a capitalist issue, um, that veganism is for pri- privileged people only. Um, so... Uh, yeah, the, that's been one of the big big reasons, um, individual change and, and privilege um, that was brought up. And we have tried to address that many times in terms of, well, we're not here to address veganism. Um, it's animal agriculture and also, you know... Um, we're not we're not advocating or we're not aiming our target audience isn't, isn't going isn't homeless people or people who are unemployed or who can't afford 
to go out and, and be a vegan, even though we do believe being a vegan can be very cheap. Yeah. Uh, lentils, potatoes, rice, cheapest foods out, out there. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just very misleading information they have and they kind of seem to be relying on that misleading information a lot as an argument against what we're trying to do. Mm. The other thing that I think came up and it was quite strong in terms of the resistance element was this whole thing of we need to get union support mm-hmm. and we need to get unions endorsing and, and these these actions are very much based around endorsements. So if we have Union X trying to endorse this, we can't go to them with this demand. It won't work. They won't support the event. Therefore, we're not going to get people on the street they're not going to support so there's i guess there's this idea in my opinion of um we need to remain popular the messaging needs to remain something that's um palatable to the general public and so you know it's it's twofold i think there's you know we need to get union support we need to get endorsements because it looks great for our event um but yeah it's also how will that be received yeah and and it, from that perspective uh did they actually go and canvass the point to unions and then get rejected or do you know whether they just unilaterally said unions won't like this we're not even going to present it to them and hear what they have to say do you know whether the conversations were had or was it just not nah, i'm not showing this to unions even mm. though democratically this motion got passed and it should be included. Yeah, we don't really know what the genuine intentions were when it was um, addressed with the unions. Um, What we do know is the letter that was handed out to us when they did remove the demand um, on that basis of of what that letter stated was these unions and these groups are not supporting this um, based on the following demand and the demand itself was represented incorrectly. Um, I mean, yeah, look, we have our suspicions about the the happenings behind the scenes and how genuine mm. that was. Um, uh, and But at the end of the day, there are unions not supporting, say, you know, uh, transitioning to 100 renewable um, energy either, mm. um, yet they're still happy to lose those unions. Um, you know, it's and we've got an, an alliance and we've, we've got a hard work ethic where we can bring groups on board as well. So, yeah, we lose some, we win some. That's just a part of the process no matter what issue we fight for um but yeah like as far as the communications went behind the scenes we wouldn't really know what that exactly looked like and maybe some of it was based on assumptions to begin with that these unions will not work Mm. with us um and then it was also further on look look we have Mm. evidence they don't want to but based on a false premise really that's that's really disappointing to hear that despite a majority of people represented wanting this motion to go through that through very not very transparent actions it mm. was pulled and i know you know friends in the environmental movement there's a lot of work to make sure that things are open and often consensus based and really um making sure that everyone's heard was that not was there was it was it just that there was was that part of this um this alliance were they trying to go for a very open um form of working or was it more hierarchical and they were just making decisions um or were were they just putting a pretense out there that yes we're going to have these democratic votes but then when reality hits we're actually just deciding what what was the what was the issue there why are they being why was it done so intransparently like without 
Yeah, following democracy, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is a very complex issue. Um, mm. It depends on what people were driven by, individuals, groups. They all have their different drivers and agendas, so they all have their different reasons for mm. for, for trying to change the outcome of the mm. event. Um, uh, yeah, initially the, the, the presentation of it and the way it seems to everyone is it's an open meeting and it's a democracy, everyone's voices are equal. But whether it actually played out that way in, in reality is a different story. Um, it's more like we need the permission of the following groups to get endorsement. Mm. They're the authority. They make the decision or this is our agenda. And there's a lot of political issues as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's a very complex, complex thing um, to try and work out. Mm. Yeah. Where the sticking points. And we'll come to that. We'll have a um, song in a moment. Um, but it... it yeah, it sort of reminds me of... Now, I've forgotten totally what it reminds me of, but... Um, so it doesn't remind you. So. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So we'll just jump We'll just jump straight into the song um, before I make a shambles of things. Uh, so this is Andrew Bird's song, Manifest. Oh, dear. 
Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the Dots. 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 8.55am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. You're listening to Freedom of Species, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're here with Rochelle and Maria from Animal Activists Australia, who have been working I- as environmental activists um, in the environmental space, uh, trying to not only... Um, do good things for climate and make sure that we're on the right track, but also represent um, the animal issue in the climate space, which has been, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the show, previous episodes, you can find those um, wherever, but that it's underrepresented. So the most recent sort of reliable number is that about 15% of greenhouse gas emissions are directly from animal agriculture. 15%. 
15%. That, you know, this number out there that many people say 14.5%, which is agriculture in total. No, no, no. Agriculture in total, about, uh, I think it's about 26%, 27%. But the animal agriculture, 15% of greenhouse gas emissions. That's huge. That's big. You know, in, uh, energy, I think, is about 25%. So animal agriculture is absolutely something that we need mm-hmm. to be addressing. And um, Maria and Rochelle have been trying to bring that into the environmental space and are having quite a lot of difficulty. Um, and some of the stuff that you've been saying, it, it really, it, it, I've been reading some interesting stuff around um, meat-related cognitive dissonance and don't be fooled by the meat-related, um, but it's it's that we feel uncomfortable when something is presented or we're faced with um, ideas that um, that point out our own moral problematic behaviour. And so we try to either ignore it totally or we try to use mechanisms to deny that issue, that incongruence between our behaviours and, and who we think we are. And often this is presented in the way of, you know, um, I love animals, but... I, I hurt them to eat them, so we start making excuses or we just ignore the issue altogether. And it sounds like what's happening is that people are still, from from an environmental perspective, they're like, you're you're presenting this incro- incongruence in their mm. own, their beliefs. They're, you know, I am a someone who really cares about the environment. I'm doing the best and the most I can. And then they're getting told or they're hearing, yeah, but we also need to think about animals and that doesn't sit with them well. And so they're pushing back against it, as well as all of these being captured by unions and being captured by the general public. I just want to, how do we break through that? I mean, that's what you're working on right now. Mm. How do we break through that issue where people are just afraid of even facing this topic because it means something really deep within themselves? How do we... How do we start to tackle that within the climate emergency space in particular? Yeah, look, it's it's something we're still trying to work out ourselves um, uh, and we're learning a lot. Um, I, I guess we're, we're talking about the general public as well, like they come from the general public. Mm. Um, so you would approach it in a similar way. Um, each individual is differently, but as far as it, it coming to a, a group conversation um we just try and be clear in our communication and stick to the topic um we're not the ones bringing up veganism um mm. you know it, it, there's a lot of people a lot of vegans will agree with that that you don't even have to say i'm vegan and people will just your mere existence is yeah. less threatening to them you don't yes. have to say anything you're just being there in front of them eating your tofu sandwich is 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 somehow triggering them so um <laughs> yeah, the, the, the research exactly says that that mm-hmm. that even the presence of someone who doesn't behave, doesn't um, behave in those morally problematic ways reminds mm. those per- people of mm. their own morally problematic behaviour. So they get defensive, they get aggressive, and one of the mm-hmm. one of the ways to um, lessen their own cognitive dissonance and that discomfort in their own mind is to attack. Mm. So they often go on, you know, the old a vegan will tell you if they're vegan. Mm. You know, well, you, yeah, that. It's the attacking, mm. and I feel like you've certainly felt some of that—that that attacking—and mm. um, people trying to just just forget this issue. Yeah, and definitely bringing it back to the 
the conversation and, 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 and you know, because there's a lot of distractions and we're like, we're trying to bring it back to the topic every time and reassure them and say, we're not here to make you vegan. We're not here for that. We're here as climate activists. We're not taking an animal rights stance um, uh, as, as a whole. We're, we're here with the climate issues and those affected by the climate. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it, to, to get that through to certain individuals is difficult, but there's definitely be some that's been open and listening and understanding. Um, so, you know, we've even in, in a Geelong space had, uh, you know, a representative from the union who was like, well, yes, we I agree with you that animal agriculture is an issue and should be addressed. We just need to find a way to work through this. So really it's mm. establishing, it's just establishing the relationships we can work with um, and taking it from there and, and trying other things, things that we're talking about, think tanks and all kinds of things like that, where we can create in the meantime before the next big event to have those conversations with those who are willing to engage and understand. And I think, yeah, like focusing on low-hanging fruit is probably one of the better ways to go about it um, and just being a presence there, you know, just being existing and, and, and just having those conversations with them wherever we can. But um, it is something that we're still learning. I'm not sure if Maria has anything to add to. Yeah, I guess, um, as Rochelle was saying, focusing on the wins. So for us, the Geelong part of this rally which is where we turned our attention to this mm. weekend we were provided with a um a platform to have a speaker and andy medic from the ajp was actually the speaking animal justice party to, yes yep. correct um and so that is i think strategically where we need to be thinking about you know long-term alliances mm. um and and focusing on the wins yep. as opposed to you know, firing back at yep. certain things. Um, and so, you know, whether that's, you know, the chance need to reflect the animals a little bit more, whether mm. it's the demands, okay, we passed, um, you know, two motions in Geelong and mm. they, they were upheld. Oh, great. Um, so, so, again, the animals affected yep. one, the edit, um, and the speaker. Yeah, great. So, you know, that's two out of three. Mm. Um, and that to us is is success yep. um, in, you know, quite a sort of – it's very. <laughs> yeah, it's a different. It's, it's a different space. Down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so you know we've got regional Victoria being mm. really progressive, yeah. um, and then you've got Melbourne. This is you not necessarily you yeah. know on the same page. So I think that's yeah. You've got to sometimes navigate this stuff quite carefully yeah. and focus on the wins and yeah. focus on the relationships and you know working collaboratively is really important. Um, yeah. And so that's why mm. Animal Activists Australia focus was on the Geelong long arm of this event yeah. um and yeah that's kind of yeah and i suppose on that on that sort of biting back not not trying to just have that reactionary response at the melbourne event there was um a vegan response to like vegans um not having the animal issue included and it did seem to devolve very quickly into an us versus them that um and I wonder, you know, given you're trying to build relationships, you're trying to um, present animals as part of the climate issue and mm -hmm. that they need representation. Do you think that the, that sort of biting back is going gonna, is gonna to affect how people like yourselves are uh, welcomed into these um, places in the future? Um, so for us, we understand that the animal rights movement is an allied movement. We're allies mm. to animals and when we're working in these spaces, we're allies um, to the animals, but we're also, you know, working in in 
you know, some sort of relationship with these people. And so, you know, a lot of these people are our friends as well and we're not going to necessarily do things and and make decisions around um, being short-term in our thinking and being really reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the movement has been there, done that, mm-hmm. and we need to really think carefully about how we're approaching this stuff going forward um, and yeah i'm i'm quite critical of certain things um around this stuff because i hold these relationships quite dearly to me and we've worked in these spaces for quite a long time and you know it's not just a strategic position it's i genuinely care about these people Mm. and these movements and i consider some of them friends so it's it's Mm. it's yeah it's it's difficult to sort of justify doing anything other than um yeah, I guess yeah. what we did this week. <laughs> For us, it's it's about yeah having those relationships, genuine relationships, and and having that long term focus and goals, um, and working our way through the issues. We we expect there's going to be issues coming along. We didn't expect we're going to get all the motions carried. We didn't expect that it's going to happen. We knew there's going to be a struggle. There's going to mm. be a pushback. We'll probably only get small wins or whatever. So for us, it was like oh well yeah. Personally, we probably feel like oh, we're so upset, we wish, you know. But, like, we, we're trying to look at the work that's done. Mm. We're trying to look, okay, we need to be realistic. We're working in difficult spaces. Um, let's try and continue building relationships and be respectful. And, um, yeah, having a lot – be proactive, not just re- reactive, which I feel our movement's very good at as being very reactive. Mm. And, it, and it's needed sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, mm. but, yeah, we need also We need more proactivity right. as well. Yeah. The other thing, mm. um, the other thing we did, I guess, in Geelong that was a little bit different, we diversified our tactics as well. Mm. So we had, you know, very big banners and all sorts mm. of things, but we also did a banner drop oh, great. Um, yeah. off a multi-level car park. Yep. Um, so again, it's diversifying tactics. It's thinking a little bit laterally about, okay, we can walk around the block. That's great. That's fun. We can chant. Yep, that's great. That's fun. But let's think a little bit more beyond that. Yeah, and so that's, that's kind of... Geelong's where it's at. <laughs> progressive progressive it activism in Geelong. Progressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and speaking of you know have, being proactive and, and future thinking, uh, what's next for Animal Advocates Australia? And, and can you tell us like can other people help? Can other people get involved and be part of Animal Advocates? Australia? Animal ad- activists, sorry. Activists That's right. Australia. Um, yeah. yeah, look, um, our mission is um, that we are anti-species activists um, and we inspire, we aim to inspire and embrace um, animal rights activism and individuals to be involved a bit more um, in terms of, you know, finding the gaps and, 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 and looking at other ways to represent um, animals and uh, being more intersectional. So um, we're, we're looking at aiming, you know, uh, to advance their movement by uniting with the ally- allied animal rights groups as well as other social justice movements and we acknowledge that um you know the interconnectedness of all oppression and um think we should be focusing on you know not just civil disobedience and everything Mm. but other forms of campaigning as well so yeah we do believe that you know anyone can jump on board we've got an animal access australia group um attached to the page the animal access page on facebook um that people can join there's some questions to answer there because we 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 would need to make sure people understand what intersectionality Mm. is or how Mm. all these issues are interconnected um and uh yeah we'll be having you know we're cu- currently working on the culture and a lot of background cu- cultural stuff at the moment so that we can um change things culturally within the movement um and do you and- have a do you have a um, particular next 
event that you're going to be working on? I know there's a there's a um, another climate march happening in May, I think, or April or something. Is that is that going to be in your sights? At the moment, we're we're going to regroup after this this weekend and have a chat about our next steps forward in terms of the spaces we're working in. So there's nothing mm. at the moment in terms of being um, official event, um, but there will be opportunities. And yeah, we, we do urge people keep an eye on the on the page mm, and the great. and add, yeah add, get added to the group so that when things do come along, you know, movie nights, all kinds of things, so we can be educated on different you know build a community and and then work together and open open um, equal meetings um, towards events in the future yeah fantastic and thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh your work and your experience and um and i think it's such a vital thing and i I hope that more people are encouraged to go along and be climate activists and also bring animal agriculture into that conversation because we're not the world the world will not um be safe unless we get rid of fossil fuels and go zero emissions and and do all the renewables but also address animal agricultural emissions even if we went fossil free zero emissions tomorrow animal agriculture will tip us over two degrees we Mm. need to address it and i think that's really important and before we go just very very quickly because i know in psychedelia are rubbing their hands waiting to come in um i just wanted to mention some news um, there's an I Am an Animal, a wildlife fundraiser on Wednesday, the 29th of April from 6.30pm. Um, and it's at the Wheeler Centre, oh, sorry, the Wheeler Centre is bringing together some of Melbourne's favourite writers and artists to share their reflections on creatures great and small. Um, it's an intimate event fundraiser for wildlife charities and check it out. Um, you can, I'm sure if you, if you write in, I am an animal, a wildlife fundraiser, you'll find all of the um, information and donations will go to Wildlife Victoria, BirdLife Australia and Bush Heritage Australia. Tickets are $35 um, and there will be an Auslan interpreter at the um, event. So certainly get along to that. It'll be at Trades Hall um, on the 29th of April. And thank you very much again for coming in. Um, all the best with your future work. Thank you very much. Thank you. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond... We'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.